Episode 15, Who's Right About Border Security? Now, I've deliberately avoided this issue because it is such a hot potato. Plus, the parties concerned have been going around in unproductive circles for a long time. But this week, America's firestorm over the humanitarian and security crisis at its southern border has now led to the resignations or dismissals of senior officials involved in and responsible for homeland security. It's taken this crisis of leadership to the next level, and my leadership coaching self has a few reflections to share with you. Keep listening. Welcome to Peace Matters, a show that uncovers peace in our communities, our countries, and deep within our souls. I'm your host, Maya Mathias, founder of Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. Join me as I share three things in the show. One, stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. Two, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. And three, updates on the peace-building work I do, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. Be sure to head over to InventiveLinks.com to sign up for our Peace Matters newsletter, where I share bonus resources to build more peace in your world. And now, on with the show. Part 1. As the World Turns. Stories or trends that impact our capacity for peace in the world. Well, it's official. The Department of Homeland Security Secretary Kirsten Nielsen, here in the U.S., has left the building. And she's doing so amid chatter that the current administration might also reinstate their family separation policy at its southern border, primarily to act as a deterrent for asylum seekers who are fleeing their unstable or gang-ridden neighborhoods in South American countries like El Salvador, Honduras, Honduras, and Guatemala. Now, This growing crisis on the southern border, whether you believe it's been artificially heightened or whether there is an organic crisis growing in these migrants' home states, either way, it really helps me understand why countries like America provide foreign aid to other nations, especially if those nations lie to its immediate south. I used to think it was just the right humanitarian thing to do, but now I understand that it also poses and solves the question of national security and provides that added layer of security and stability for border towns in the U.S. and for the entire immigration infrastructure developed and designed to function at or near those border towns. So it gets really tricky when we try to have this discussion at a national level because we're all going to be looking at it through our perspectives of where we are geographically located in this huge country. If we're nowhere near the border, it becomes more of an intellectual abstract discussion and we'll tend to lean towards our you know, political affiliations if we have them. 
But if we live, even if we live in or near a border town, our perspective is going to be different depending on what happens at the border close to us. Do we have to deal with a lot of illegal migrants crossing over and posing bodily harm, potential threat to you? Or are more of these migrants or this flow of human traffic in and out you know, between the two countries, are you living in a border town that enjoys a very peaceful coexistence with people from the other side of the border, where it's more about commerce being transacted across that border day in and day out? So there are as many versions of the truth as there are experiences, personal experiences of people who either live in the border or far away from it. So it's a tricky conversation to have if all of us are coming at it from these multiple perspectives. So far, though, what I observe is that much of the debate is seems to be focused on whether, at a broader level, whether the government should be playing defense by strengthening the border or by playing offense in terms of increasing that foreign aid to help stabilize those nations and therefore lower the outflow of these asylum seekers in the first place. I think those are both important discussions to have. And unfortunately, they've become extremely politicized one way or the other. But there are merits on both sides. You may question the extremes to which either side is going to But I think it is important to play some level of defense and some level of offense. There is one part of the conversation that I am not hearing that much about in terms of how to address it and how to provide some solutions for it. And that is that the nature of the migrants is what has changed the most. Even though overall migration patterns had been on a downward swing and are now, you know, ticking up in recent months. The thing is, the nature of the migrants has changed from being predominantly males to now including many women and children. So whole families are now deciding that their home countries and neighborhoods are way too unsafe to even consider living in anymore. And so they are making this desperate trek across hundreds, if not thousands of miles to seek refuge at the American border. And because we're dealing with a different population right now, I'm not hearing as much about addressing that reality from a legal, a procedural, or a humane point of view. Part two, OM is where the heart is, insights and tools to help you cultivate more inner peace. So I left off the last segment by posing the fact that we are dealing with a different population now. So if you have different people flowing across the border seeking refuge or seeking asylum, are we taking a close enough look at whether the existing legal framework or the way we're processing migrants at the border, or the way we are dealing with this huge influx, are we dealing with them appropriately, given that it's a completely different group of people right now? 
So a few practical things to think about. Asylum laws, as far as I understand them right now, you know, caveat, I haven't read them in any level of detail. My current rudimentary understanding of them is that U.S. asylum laws were largely written after World War II. The question is, at a very practical level, are they still wholly relevant for these new types of migrants that are showing up today? Do the same foundations and thinking behind those World War II asylum laws apply? And overall migration, as I said in the last segment at the southern border, may, according to some, be down over time. But the types of migrants now that are showing up have very different needs when they show up. As you know, or as you may know, there were a couple of very public deaths that occurred because we have more younger children now showing up. And for them to have trekked hundreds and thousands of miles, they would have ended up at the border malnourished, dehydrated, or a combination of the two. And no wonder, even with the be- in the best of circumstances, those children's deaths would have been unavoidable. So the question is, if we do want to treat them humanely when they show up, in the notion of staying true to the American value of welcoming the stranger, what will move that needle forward? The other thing I want to talk about is ultimately, all these migrants are showing up driven by one key thing, hope. They are being fueled by a hope that America has, through its many missteps in history, continued to proclaim and wear as a badge of honor for centuries now that they stand as a beacon of hope. Now, granted, there is no country in the world, America included, that is obliged to absorb new immigrants or entrants unconditionally. That's what the asylum process is for. That's what more broadly an immigration process is for. And I understand and fully respect that. But a country, on the other hand, also needs to be very clear about how it expresses its values. And in a country like America, where its most famous statue, the Statue of Liberty, has these words etched on it, give me your tired, your poor, your huddled masses yearning to breathe free. That vision has been seared into, I would argue, every single human being on earth who has been exposed to American culture and American values to some degree. And that vision that promise, that hopeful yearning that is born in people who see that vision and want some of that for themselves, that will remain a source of hope for all the people who show up at America's shores and borders asking to enter it, regardless of the short-term policies that may seem to contradict or contravene that core value. Part three, news and views, updates on our peace-building work, plus answers to your questions about creating a more peaceful existence for yourself and others. 
So the only thing I want to share with you in this segment today is to remind you that you can catch my longer exploration and discussion on today's topic of border security and the broader value of being a beacon of hope to the world. In my Fridays for Peace live stream that I'll be doing this Friday, April 12th, 2019. If you can't join me live, you can always catch the replay in the same spot by going to inventivelinks.com slash events. Just scroll down and look for the episode dated April 12th, 2019. I'm not sure where I'm going to take this discussion, but I know it tends to go in a more soulful, spiritual direction whenever I do these live streams. So I look forward to continuing the conversation with you there. Um, and as always, a reminder that if you're not already on my newsletter list, my weekly Peace Matters newsletter, please check that out by going to inventivelinks.com. Click on the button on the homepage to learn more about what you'll receive in my weekly newsletter and to subscribe. Alrighty, I'm going to leave it there for now. Thanks so much for listening, and I will catch you next time on the Peace Matters podcast. Bye for now. You've been listening to Peace Matters with me, Maya Mathias. This podcast is proudly powered by Inventive Links, a leadership development company that cultivates enlightened executives, creative citizens, and wise writers for a more peaceful planet. If you like this podcast, please consider supporting it by going to inventivelinks.com support. Want to take your podcast experience to the next level? Sign up for my next online workshop, and start building a stronger path to peace inside and out. Go to inventivelinks.com events for more information. Sign up for a workshop, then show up with your best questions on the stories and insights we feature and with a sincere desire to lead a more peaceful existence. Till next time, let's make peace matter more each day. Bye for now.